Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother. This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus was born just over 2,000 years ago, a number of people were impacted by his birth, some directly, others indirectly. At the one end of the social spectrum were some lowly shepherds. At the other was King Herod the Great. Even the emperor, Augustus Caesar, was implicated. He had no idea when he signed the decree that sent Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered the impact this would have. After Jesus' birth, as required by the law of Moses, a purification offering must be made. So, Mary and Joseph stopped at the marketplace and purchased two young pigeons as their sacrifice. And at the temple, they met a man who played a very significant role. He's seldom mentioned in connection with the Christmas story. His name, is Simeon. Instead of telling you about him, we're going to let him speak for himself. It was undoubtedly the greatest day of my life. And I've seen many things in my lifetime. 
but I'm old. And I know I don't have much longer to live, but I feel like I've lived for this very day. And I want to tell you my story of what happened on this day. You see, because as long as I can remember and recall, our beloved country has always been in, in conflict. And how ironic is this, that God gave it to us, and now we are here under the iron fist of Rome. And they've all had their turn. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and now Rome. Although it's not that bad under Rome's rule, I know this is not what God had promised. This wasn't what he said it would be like. He promised there would be a hope. He promised that through his resurrection, there would be new. And this wasn't what he originally had in designed for us or his world. And so as I, I searched through scripture, I was trying to understand the meaning because scripture would speak about that there would be this, this hope, this joy, there would be abundance, but it also spoke about this pain and the suffering that we would experience. But there was a hope that I had inside of me because of a promise, a promise that was written in scripture that one day, just one day, I would see the Messiah. But I knew as I was getting older, I didn't have much longer to live. And so for me, I thought, will I ever see this in my lifetime? And it felt like in these days as I was getting older that the hope was just slipping out of my hands. Would I ever see the promise of the Messiah? Yet, as I searched more and more through Scripture, as I, as I read, as I tried to understand and I tried to ponder and meditate on these verses and what they meant, I was convinced that actually nothing really else matters. I know the promise of what was given, that one day I would see, one day I would experience the Messiah. I would see His kingdom come here on earth. And then, you know, it happened. It happened. As I was in the scriptures, as I was reading, I, I heard the voice of God. I, I can't necessarily say it was audible, but it might as well have been because I was so convinced. There was such a deep conviction that I heard his whisper. And the whisper said, Simeon, before you die, you will see the Messiah. Simeon, one day you are going to hold the Messiah in your hands. I cannot explain how I felt in this moment, but my heart felt like it was bursting with emotions of, of hope, of joy, that one day I would see the Messiah. I heard the whisper of God speak to me. But I also knew I'm old now. So when is it going to happen? How much longer must I still hold on to this hope? See, I didn't doubt the word of God. I didn't doubt what God's word said. But I did wonder, how am I going to know who the Messiah is? How, how will I even recognize who is it going to be? We have no idea what he's going to look like. But you know what? I came to this point where I went, that's actually not none of my business. 
I've heard the promise of God. I heard the whisper speak to me that he knows who and where the Messiah will be, that only he knows where I'll meet him. I had the promise and the whisper that I could hold on to. That whisper that Simeon, before you die, you will see the Messiah. And as the next morning rose and the sun came over the Mount of Olives, felt like just another ordinary day. As the city began to wake up and people made their way on their work, onto work and to the marketplace to set up. Some of them made their way over to the temple. It seemed like every other day. But oh my, was I mistaken. Because in that morning, I felt that deep conviction inside of me again. I felt the whisper of God say, Simeon, you will see the Messiah. And I knew in that moment, I had to get to the temple like I've done many times before. But I knew in this moment, I needed to get there. And so I made my way through the streets. I made my way up to the temple. But as I got there, the temple courts were full. There were so many people. And again, I thought to myself, how am I going to recognize who the Messiah is? And then, there they were, Mary and Joseph. Just an ordinary, humble couple standing there with a little baby in their arms. Because you know, the, the law of Moses said that the firstborn there needed to be a sacrifice that was given. And as I looked at them, I thought, it can't be them. But I was drawn to this couple, this ordinary couple standing there with this baby in their arms. And I could, I could see they were obviously poor because there they had just two doves. And the law of Moses says that if you cannot afford a sacrifice of a lamb, you could substitute it with two doves and so there they stood this young couple with a little baby in their arms and two doves and I knew it was them so I walked up to them I approached them and at first they looked at me with a bit like who are you why are you approaching me in the temple but then as I looked at the mother and I looked into her eyes I could see that nothing could take her by surprise anymore. And I looked at them and I thought, you're so young. I looked at her and I thought, you're so young. And I, I looked at the father and I was like, these broad shoulders, young as well. But he looked strong and dependable. And in their arms was this little baby. a one-month-old baby. His eyes were beginning to focus and the little movements of his hands and I, I looked at this little child and can I tell you if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would never have known that this was the Messiah. I wouldn't have recognized that it was him. But the Word of God spoke to me. I knew this was the couple and this was the Messiah that was in our hands. What's his name? 
I asked the mother. Yeshua, she replied. Obviously, obviously his name would be Yeshua. How appropriate. Yeshua, Jesus, Yahweh's salvation. May I hold her, I asked her. She didn't hesitate one moment. She gave me the baby. And here I stood in the temple holding this child. And my heart was bursting with emotion thinking, who am I? Who am I to hold the Messiah in my hands? And I looked at this child and these words came of the prophet Isaiah came flooding into my mind. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders and he'll be known Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And the government, he will reign with peace and it shall never end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. The government shall rest on these tiny shoulders. How? And I was so overwhelmed with emotions, thinking this is the hope. I'm Messiah, this teeny tiny one-month-old baby. And in that moment, God's spirit flooded my heart. And in that moment, the words just came streaming out of my heart as I held this child in in the temple courts and I looked at this baby and sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace because I have seen the hope. I have seen your salvation which you prepared in sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. His mom and dad looked at me with wonder in their eyes as these words flooded out my mouth. And I gave the baby back to the mom, but I felt convicted as I did that in that moment say these words, I felt the Holy Spirit prompted me to say to her, for this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many leaders in Israel. Many will reject his name. They will speak against him as though many hearts will be revealed. And Mary, a sword of pierce your own soul too. She looked at me. I think a bit confused by some of the words that I said. And as we were having this moment in the temple, as I was overwhelmed with the emotions, as as I saw the Messiah, there was another prophet there. She was actually older than me. And there she had been for so long because shortly after she had married, she was widowed. And there in that moment, she was there and she would go around and she was telling everyone that the Messiah was coming, the Messiah was coming. And in that moment, as I was with this couple and the baby, she saw us. And she knew exactly what was happening. And she rushed over. 
and there in the presence of people around us all over the place, we lifted up our thanksgiving to God because we had seen the Messiah and me and her together, we thank God for His promise, the prophecy that He said that He would send a hope for you and I. I'm at peace because I have held the Messiah in my hands. I have seen the hope of the world in front of me. I can now die. I can die with a smile on my heart in a place where I know that my hope has come because I know that the days ahead, there are going to be struggles, there are going to be pain. For in this world, you will have many troubles, but take heart because there is hope. There is salvation for you and I. And so I can die with contentment, with peace, because I have held the Messiah in my hands. My heart is filled because I have seen him with my own eyes. And this truth overwhelmed me as I stood there in the courts. That God has not forgotten us. For so long I thought he's forgotten. I didn't think I would see him in my lifetime. As I stood there, overwhelmed with that sense that he has not forgotten me. He has not forgotten these people. He has not forgotten us. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. You see, the story of Simeon, not many of us even know about it in the Christmas story. And from what we see, we know so much, but the reality is that Simeon only knew what the prophets had said. He only knew the the outline, the sketches of what would take place. But yet he had this hope. He had this truth inside of him that the Messiah would come. That one day through suffering, you and I would have hope. You see, because we know how the story goes, the Advent story. We know what took place. We know that would have taken place that even when Jesus went to the cross. So when those words of what Simeon said in that moment where he spoke those words, where he was overwhelmed and he looked at Mary and he spoke these words and he said, for this child would cause the rising and the falling of many in Israel. We know what happened in that story. And when she said those words that, that many would reject him, You see, when he went to the cross, many rejected his name. And when he said that there is a hope, there's a light, I've seen the light. It was the hope of Jesus that when he went to the cross and on the third day, as we sang those words of those songs, on the third day when he would rise again, that was the hope that Simeon was speaking in that moment. But how as a mother holding a one-month-old baby would she know that? And when he said those words to her, that a soul will pierce your own soul, a sword will pierce your own soul. It was that very moment when she would stand at the foot of the cross 
and look at our own son upon the tree and look at him and go, my own child was when the sword would pierce her own soul. You see, we know how the story goes. And this is what I want us to share today. Because we took a moment to creatively share the story of Simeon. A character that many of us are not even aware of that is in the Christmas story. But yet, when you see the threats of in that moment when he heard the, the words of Isaiah the prophet, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will rest on these tiny shoulders. My prayer for us has been that this Advent season that we wouldn't just celebrate Christmas, but that we would experience Christmas. That we would experience the hope that came for you and I. You see, because the greatest miracle that ever took place was when God sent His Son. And when He sent His Son, it says in John, He says that He moved into our neighborhood. That He came to live amongst you and I. He wasn't a God or a Savior that just stayed in the high heavenly realms that would look down upon us. It said that He came and He moved and lived amongst us. That's why we don't just celebrate Christmas. We experience the greatest miracle that Jesus came for you and I. That He came to move into our lives. And just like in that stable in the moment there was a mess, He came to move into the the awkwardness of our lives, the messes of our lives. See, Simeon hoped to see the Messiah. But he knew that he was getting older. He knew he didn't have long to live. And I believe for some of us, we've been holding on to a hope, a promise. And we feel like it's slipping away from us. We feel like we've been hoping, trusting God for this breakthrough for so long. But we feel like that it's, that it's slipping away out of our hands. I want you to reimagine that story again. Simeon held on to the word of God for his life. He held on to that promise that one day he would see the Messiah and that the Messiah would come for all of us and he saw it happen. And just like Simeon had reason to adore, so do you and I. Just like Simeon and Anna stood in the temple courts and they lifted their praise and thanksgiving to God because the Messiah has come, we have that same truth because we know that He has come. That is the message of Christmas. That He came and He moved. And so that means He came for the outcast. He came for the unholy. He came for the weary. He came for the downcast. He came into your emotions and your anxiety and your fear. He came for the defeated. He came for the weakest. Jesus came as a little baby and to grow up to live amongst us. And so just like Simeon and Anna responded in thanksgiving, so I call you and I, O come all ye faithful, bow before the Savior, come let us adore the one who gave it all. Glory in the highest, glory to our King, because He deserves all our praise. So come on, we're gonna stand, and we're gonna adore our Savior this morning.
given to every single one of us and in this atmosphere of worship I want to ask you to take your seats and to stay in this atmosphere of worship you see as we describe Simeon's story the central theme of his life was that he held on to a hope even when he couldn't see it in front of him yet. That even when it felt like things were slipping out of his hand, there was a hope that he had, which was in God. And this morning, I'm so aware that for many of us, there's things that we are trusting and believing for, but yet at some times we feel like, is this hope ever gonna happen? Is this breakthrough ever going to take place? Trusting for my child and their salvation. Trusting for my future. What's going to happen? What is going to happen in this area? Whether it's mental harmless, whether it's physical. And there's this hope that sometimes we feel like it's slipping. Hebrews 6 verse 19. It says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Because it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Simeon saw his hope, which was Jesus. And that hope is available for every single one of us. And so with all eyes closed, I want to pray for us. And if you find yourself in that place this morning, we just want to take time to pause in this moment. And in a sense, you feel like you've, you're losing grip of that hope. You've waited. You've trusted. Just like Simeon held Jesus, his Messiah, that hope is available for you and I. That strong and trustworthy anchor of hope is available for you and I. 
And so you're in this place of saying, Dan, I need to be able to hold on to that hope. All eyes are closed. I want you to just lift your hands. It doesn't have to be high in the sky, but just as a symbol saying, God, I, I, I need to hold on to this hope for my life, for this child, for my future. And I want to encourage you just to say to God what you are believing for, what you need grace for, what you need help in. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us to that place where we were with Jesus. The peace. When the waves and winds of life, the anxiety, the stress, the fear, the uncertainty, whether it's a medical report, whether it's cancer, whatever financial situation, your business, your relationship, there's a strong and trustworthy anchor for your souls. Will you hold on to that? And as we continue in this atmosphere of prayer, I would love to be able to pray for anyone who has come into the space and you heard this message of Simeon and you have a tangible sense inside of you feeling God prompt something in you. But I want to particularly pray for those who feel like their heart has grown cold towards Jesus. Your relationship, once involved serving in here, and now all of a sudden it's just life has taken course and you've lost your way. Other things have taken priority in your life. Right now, God says, I want you to come home. I want you to make a decision again this Christmas, this Advent season, that you would acknowledge that God hasn't been first in your life, that He hasn't been your first love. And if he's not your first love, there's three things we need to do. Number one, you need to remember that first love that you had. Go back to remember what he did. Secondly, you're called to repent. God, I'm sorry for not putting you first. I'm sorry for distancing myself. I'm sorry for having other things take priority in my life. And number three, return. Come back. Because he stands and he knocks at the door. And you have to open the handle. But today he calls you. If that's you and you're feeling that tugging, you're feeling even the emotions, I want to be able to pray for you. And you're saying, Dan, I need to come back. I've lost my first love. Just by a sign that I know who I'm praying for, just lift your hand up so I can say, cool, that's who I'm praying for. This is between you and God. Amen. And you can put your hands down straight away. Don't even need to keep it up. Amen. And you, can, you tangibly can feel that God is calling you home to return to him. Now I want you to say this prayer for me for that hand that went up. Say this prayer for me. Dear Jesus, today I acknowledge that you haven't been my first love, that I've lost my way. But today, I'm sorry. Say sorry. Repent. Forgive me. And then say these words. But today, I return to you. Say, I'm coming home. I'm running into your loving arms. And this day forward, I'm choosing to follow, to put you first. If you haven't been first, today, God, I'm putting you first over my fear, over my anxiety, over my work situation. I'm putting you first in my life. Father God, I thank you for that hand that went up. 
thank you, Holy Spirit, for that moment there. And for every single one of us, at this Advent season, we recognize that we, we don't want to just celebrate, but we truly want to experience the truth of Christmas, that our hope has come. And so, God, I pray for each one of us as we go through the, the silly season, the busyness, that we will never forget the truth as to why we celebrate this season. And so, God, I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for the lives. I thank you for those that have come in, God. And maybe they were feeling hopeless, but today they walk out because they know that our hope has truly come. That as just as Simeon held to that hope, as he looked and he saw Jesus, that our hope has come. Father, thank you. And all God's people say together, Amen. Amen. Come on, we give God praise. How good is our Savior?